Radio Tools for Transformation. Now, quantum physics tells us that we are all energy vibrating at different frequencies. And in Good Vibrations Radio, we bring you information that allows you to change the vibrational frequency of your life. We're your source for everyday alchemy. So you can take the lead in your life and turn it into gold. Good Vibrations Radio is made possible through the sponsorship of Magic for Life, the promoter-producer of the Rota Psychic Fair. And the Rota Psychic Fair has been a constant in Monterey County for the past 34 years. Our last fair was October 21st and 22nd, and our next event is October 13th and 14th at the Monterey County Fairgrounds. I encourage you to sign up for the email list on rotapsychicfair.com and goodvibrationsradio.com so you can be notified about upcoming events. Now, last week, I shared Kirilani's Go With The Flow segment from June 4th, where she shared the vibrational energy for the month of June to reinforce that information for everyone. I also spoke about the June 13th new moon in Gemini and the Venus move into Leo and the Neptune retrograde in Pisces from June 18th. I also reminded listeners that the Osho Zen Tarot card for June is the Three of Rainbows, and the title of this card is Guidance. This card reminds us all that all the guidance we need is found within our intuitive self, our inner guide, our Dharma is our inner Buddha. Often we don't want to look inside and listen. We turn away. We doubt. This card says now is the time to trust your inner guidance. Following your inner guide will make you more whole, more integrated, and feel more complete and satisfied with the choices you're making. Avoid smothering what you've created with too much attention or too many restrictions or imposing too many conditions. Listen to your inner guide and follow that guidance. May was about patience. So we need to continue to carry our patience forward, even as we go through June into July and August. But remember, with your patience, listen to your inner Buddha. If you missed any part of that broadcast, you can visit the podcast page of Good Vibrations Radio. The link is on the homepage of the Good Vibrations Radio website. Before we get into the show, let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm a speaker, a performer a reader, a healer, a radio host, and an author. I've been a part of the metaphysical community all my life, and my undergraduate and graduate degrees are in metaphysics. This show shares a variety of metaphysical subjects offered by those who have explored those areas in more depth. For those who listen regularly, you know I like to start each show with a reading from Day by Day by James Allen. Now, in 1903, James Allen published his essay, As a Man Thinketh. 
And he chose the title from chapter 23, verse 7 of Proverbs, which says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It was described by Alan as a, a book that will help you help yourself. He wanted all of us to know that in your own thought world, you hold the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters your life. Your present reality is a direct outcome of your past thoughts, your intentions, and your beliefs. But your future is not predestined by your past. By working patiently and intelligently on your thoughts, intentions, and beliefs, you can remake your life and transform your circumstances. In Day by Day with James Allen, his essay has been broken into a separate section for each day of the month. And for the 25th day of the month, James Allen shares, believe it's possible. Belief is the basis of all action. And this being so, the belief that dominates the heart or mind is shown in the life. I don't know about you, but through most of my life, I've read self-help books or guidance books or books of growth of some form or another. One of the big ones that came out of the 70s was the book, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. And he always said, the size of your success is determined by the size of your belief. That was his whole premise of The Magic of Thinking Big. Now, the promise sometimes with thinking and is that we don't believe. We just think. So the magic of thinking big has been a bestseller since the 70s. But many people still don't believe big enough because we try to make ourselves smaller. And then we have Dr. Wayne Dyer who shared in You'll See It When You Believe It, that if you work each day on your thoughts rather than concentrating on your behavior, your Thinking creates the feelings that you have and ultimately your actions as well. You see, we have thoughts and then we feel automatically that we can't do them or we don't believe that it can be for us. And immediately we cancel out. It's kind of the universal erasure that says you can't do that. You know, I want to be able to do that. I'd like to do that. And then that eraser comes in and says, well, not you. Not you, that would be nice, but not you, you can't do that. And so if we work each day on our thoughts rather than what we're trying to do and get down to where we can have those feelings and those beliefs in ourselves and our ability and what we want to accomplish, we'll do more to shift our behavior because we'll act out from those feelings and those thoughts and those beliefs. I mean, an example of it is still the the story of the four-minute mile with Roger Bannister from the 50s. You know, people, sports psychologists and, and, and trainers had all said the human body cannot run a four-minute mile. It is physically impossible. And then Roger Bannister did it. And within months, other runners had done it. Within months. In other words, it was impossible Till somebody created that metric that said it's possible. And then all of a sudden, runners all over were doing it within a matter of months. And now it's kind of the metric of determining the qualifications of a runner is whether or not they can do a four-minute mile. 
We've all heard about Napoleon Hill and the book Think and Grow Rich, but one of the great the great mantras or phrases that comes out of that is that whatever your mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. And again, the challenge with all of us is the belief part. Are we willing to believe? A wonderful speaker, Lisa Jimenez, had shared that you change your beliefs and you change your behaviors. If you change your behaviors, you can change your results. If you can change your results, you can change your life. But again, it all starts with that belief. So believe it's possible. Belief is the basis of all actions, and this being so, the belief that dominates the hearts or mind is shown in the life. I've shared many times that I have a ser- series of prayers and affirmations I do each day, even before I get out of bed, and even when I first get into bed. And they use them to help me focus and wipe away the stress, the worry, the fears, the tension, or the negativity. So I do a morning and evening series of forgiveness prayers. I do a gratitude affirmation. I do ho'oponopono. I do unconditional love affirmations. And I also collect every day a positive thought from the daily word produced by the Unity School of Christianity. And the daily word from Monday, June 25th says, divine wisdom is my compass. It's telling us to live in the moment with the attention on our divinity within and not on the external without. The external without is where we create all of our tension. It's where we create all of our stress. But it's saying to remind ourselves that that divine wisdom is within us and it's your compass. And and it's listening and trusting your inner guidance from your inner Buddha, which is the guidance card from June as well. You can only follow your inner Buddha if you're willing to believe in the divine wants the best for you. So believe it's possible. Listen and follow your inner Buddha. Listen and follow your divine wisdom. And know it's the compass that has the best of you in mind which brings us to our guest for today. Joyce Day Muse was born and raised in the Washington, D.C. area, where she developed an early interest in astrology. Now, she learned all she could from books and observing friends and families and watching the qualities of their signs as it was demonstrated in their behavior. Upon moving to the central coast of California, she met a practicing astrologer who generously shared his knowledge with her, and she also met an aura reader who taught classes based on the curriculum of the Berkeley Psychic Center. So in 1980, Joyce was ordained as a metaphysical minister who could give readings, healings, and consultation. And since then, she's become a fixture at local psychic fairs. She's done thousands of readings. She's taught metaphysical and astrology classes to hundreds of people, and she's performed numerous weddings. She's hosted many radio shows over the years, and she specializes in quick on-the-spot readings, as well as the longer in-depth consultations with clients. And she plans to continue to give readings and be of service for those who need clarity and guidance for as long as she is able. And as far as I can tell, that's going on into infinity because she's going to be able forever. So Joyce joins us with her segment, usually on the 
third Monday of the month, but this month we had a little bit of a shift. And so let's have a musical introduction from Peter Muse to Joyce Day Muse and Your Lucky Stars. We are the travelers on the road. We are the travelers on the road. Drinking the sunshine, bathing the moonlight. Guided by starlight, warmed by the glow of the hearts of family, returning to their home, vanishing like the stars in the early morning dawn to roam. Well, Joyce, welcome to Good Vibrations Radio. Thank you, Solazar. Nice to be here. Nice to hear Peter's song. I know yeah. it makes him happy. <laughs> well, I think it should make everybody happy who listens to it. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. He's so a great how are you writer. doing on this uh, soon after solstice heading into the, the slowly shortening days of summer? Yeah, they're still pretty long. Yeah, Um yeah. I'm sitting here watching the sun try to push the fog away for the first time today. It's been a, <laughs> a, a foggy day, but we'll probably have a sunset. And uh, things are good. I mean, uh, there's a lot happening in the stars, as yes. usual. They're and uh, it's pretty exciting. I guess the big news for the summer, or at least for the next two months, is the fact that the planet Mars, the mm. warrior planet of action and um, all kinds of activity. You know, wars, uh, it's sex, it's the planet of sex, um, is stationing retrograde tomorrow. So it only, not like Mercury stations retrograde three or four times a year, and we're used to hearing a lot about retrograde Mercury. And we've got one coming up in July. But uh, what we're focusing on right now is the fact that the action planet Mars only goes retrograde for a couple of months every couple of years. So it's not often retrograde. And when it is, it's considered pretty significant. So tomorrow at 2.05 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, Mars will station retrograde in the 10th degree of Aquarius. So this is considered a really big deal by those in the know. And um, it can actually intensify things. So um, unlike retrograde Mercury, where maybe we internalize more, and we're also in a new retrograde Neptune cycle, which is pretty significant as well. Uh, Mars going retrograde, you know, can just make things a little bit harder, a little bit more complicated. We may have to set priorities and not not be able to do things until we do other things. So it's it's an interesting uh, little 
retrograde cycle that should intensify actions, not like we need more intensification, but oh well, <laughs> here how we does, go. How does Mars feel about being uh, in Aquarius? Good question. Well, Mars is in Aquarius, um, so what do you say? It's more people-oriented than in other signs. Mars in Aquarius would like to initiate humanitarian action. Mm -hmm. It may have to do with all this kerfuffle and drama on the southern border with the, um, the refugee children. You know, I mean, it's just been so intense to watch this unfold, you know, something like we've never seen in mm -hmm. our country. And I'm sure Mars has a lot to do with it. Um, the the action taken and the reaction to it. So I think people should be feeling more humanitarian than usual and care more about these kinds of activities that just seem so inhumane and unfair. So it's it's certainly an interesting time. And Mars will retrograde from Aquarius back to Capricorn, hmm. where it had been before it went into Aquarius. When did it go into Aquarius? Middle of May. So it'll go back into Capricorn, uh, oh, not until August. So the whole month of July, the rest of June and all of July, it'll just be going backwards in Aquarius. And it's going to have the most potent effect on people that have, you know, 8, 9, 10 degrees of Aquarius in their chart. Hmm. Well, I happen to have 9 degrees of Aquarius ascending and 7 degrees of Aquarius Venus. So that Mars is crossing those planets in my chart for those points, and um, it can, you know, stir things up, make for more activity. The last week, I've been much more active and busy than usual having my grandchildren here. I probably haven't walked this much in a long time, <laughs> <laughs> or had so much fun. Yeah, well, so, every picture yeah. you sh you shared showed you smiling, so... <laughs> yeah. Nothing makes me happier than those little girls. Mm. And uh, it's so nice being a grandma, much easier than being a mother, I must say. <laughs> and uh, But Mars and Aquarius, I mean, Aquarius as a sign has to do with groups of people. It's the sign where people come together to take action. And, you know, this whole Trump presidency has been stimulating people to come together in protest, in political action. And, you know, it hasn't stopped yet. I don't expect it to stop. Well, I mean, Protest it, or support. I mean, it seems like we've got two right. active groups, on the, one on each side. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's certainly intense and uh just this week we have the full moon coming up on wednesday mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's quite a potent full moon because the sun and the moon oh no it's the full moon the sun and the moon are opposite each other 
But Saturn is involved. Saturn is conjunct the moon. So we're having a Sun-Saturn opposition as well as the full moon opposition. So it's in Capricorn, which is probably a saving grace, even though the moon in Capricorn is not considered in a good sign for the moon because the moon is ruled by or rules the sign Cancer, the opposite sign. So the moon in Capricorn is is, um, debilitated. But, and it's being conjunct Saturn, is also not favorably aspected. But because it is in Capricorn, it points us to the direction of doing practical, structural, realistic things with that full moon energy. You know, it's not a swoon, June, moon, full moon. Mm. It's more of a, you know, pay your bills, mow the lawn, you know, <laughs> take care of business, full moon. So um, especially um, having Saturn involved on the moon. So, you know, I, you know I, that can point to challenges and uh, difficulties to overcome. You know, Saturn is very literal. I remember I had a Saturn and Pisces transit once and had sore feet the whole time. And I kept saying, how literal is astrology? It is so literal. There's a planet of restriction in the sign of the feet. And I had, you know, all kinds of foot problems. So it's it's very, uh, very direct. Not that everyone's going to have to deal with that right now. But the sun opposite Saturn is, you know, speaks to the need for responsibility and effort and patience, all those Saturn words. So our full moon on Wednesday is, it's pretty potent. Let me see what it looks like in a wheel. Well, you're you're looking that up. I was going to say, and this is just my belief. It's not doesn't have to be anybody else's, but I always feel like the real energy of the solstice comes when we have the full moon, when that full uh-huh. moon and the sun go into their opposition to both display kind of their 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 level of highest power together. And uh, right. And and so then taking from what you shared, because again, because of what you were saying with Saturn. It sounds like this is meant to be a summer of really for all of us to pay attention and and do the work that we need to do and not just go out and live at the beach without doing the work of, like you said, we have to pay the bills, we have to mow the lawn, we have to pay attention to the responsibilities of our life this year. Yes, yes. And you're right, the summer solstice chart has the sun opposite Saturn right in it. Because as soon as the sun went into Cancer on the solstice, um, it started opposing Saturn. Mm. And by sign, it will for the whole, you know, time the sun moves through Cancer. So uh, it is kind of a more serious time. And it's interesting, the, um, the chart of the summer solstice mirrors the solar return chart because the USA is having its birthday on the 4th of July. So it's almost the same chart for the summer solstice, which rules the next three months, 
as it is for the solar year that begins on the 4th of July for those of us living here in the USA. So that's Saturn on the seventh house in both charts speaks to challenging relationships, uh, not easy uh, communication with other people, and, you know, probably some angst and pain in our human interactions. Mm. Also outstanding is Neptune at the midheaven. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what it's supposed to look like. We have high ideals, but you know, difficulty in figuring out how to manifest them. So it's not a time of clarity as much of a time of illusion, delusion, confusion, all the shun words. (laughs) All the shuns. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, you know, Saturn's pretty active right now. Um, opposing the sun, being part of the, right on the full moon. Um, And the USA, we're a cancer nation. So Saturn is opposing the USA's Venus, the USA's Jupiter, the USA's sun, and eventually the USA's Mercury. So, and I think the big thing that's coming on that makes everything so difficult is the USA's first Pluto return. So Pluto takes about 250 years to go around the zodiac. When the USA was born in 1776, Pluto was in the late degrees of Capricorn. And right now, transiting Pluto is at 20 degrees of Capricorn. So it's seven degrees until our exact USA Pluto return. And the symbology of Pluto is endings and new beginnings. Um, Throwing it all out and starting over. Maybe retaining some of the original, but everything has to be remade and reworked. And that seems like it's pretty obvious right now that things have to be remade and reworked. Yeah. You know, as far as how our nation runs. What worked, you know, 200 years ago, 150 years ago, 100 years ago, when the population was small, you know, is not working now when we have millions and millions of people. So I think we do need to update our system. I mean, even Canada, I tend to envy Canada a lot. My husband's a Canadian. I get to visit a lot. It just seems so so less um, difficult up there. And but the whole population of Canada is less than the population of California. So it's, these other countries don't have to deal with so much diversity and strong opinions from so many people. So it'd be interesting to see how things do evolve, you know, for the USA. So we're having our Saturn return on the 4th of July. So the sun, which is the ruler of a solar return chart, was in the 4th house and the 5th house last year. 
which is home base, foundations, and children. And there were three uh, planets in the house of children. And then Saturn, the Lord of Karma, at the top of the chart, Neptune on the Ascendant. So confusion was the name of the game. And, you know, we have such a dysfunctional person in the White House. And he's so good at dividing people. I don't know why he has any followers, but apparently he does. Um, you know, it just it just creates a lot of confusion and disillusion, I think. Mm-hmm. But the new solar return starts on our new birthday that's coming right up next week on the 4th of July, where the sun is on the ascendant. So that's a better placement. It comes out of hiding, and it's it's... It's very direct, and um, on the horizon, people want to express themselves. Opposite Saturn and Pluto, it's challenging and it's transformative, but people will have their say. And it seems like there's going to be a softer, more um, harmonious experience of community. So our community situation definitely improved with Venus in the third house of community. So, you know, there'll be debates, there'll be, um, you know, the stuff that we have all the time. We're so political. I mean, I'm so political and I blame it on my Aquarius planet. (laughs) And then the USA Mm -hmm. has the moon in Aquarius. So it's it's like our new religion is politics. So that's kind of interesting. So what else is important that's coming up? Um, eclipses. We've got some eclipses coming up. Uh, we get through the 4th of July and we shift gears. And then we get our first summer eclipse on the new moon on July 12th. Hmm. So eclipses can be like wild cards. They're like new moons. They are new moons and full moons, but they have an, an extra kick to them. So the solar eclipse that's coming up on the 12th um, should have a lot of kick to it because Pluto's involved, of course. The sun is opposite Pluto on the new moon. And uh, what else? The sun is opposite Pluto. The moon is opposite Pluto all on that same day. So that's kind of a potent, powerful eclipses. And if you have any planets in your own chart at 20 degrees of Cancer, you know, this can be a trigger for new energy. It can bring something new into your life. It can also be disruptive. Someone said once eclipses are like the lights get turned on where they hadn't been turned on before. So one thing I read said that this eclipse could help reveal hidden secrets, hidden information. So that would be interesting. And uh, solar eclipse on the 12th, so 20 degrees of Cancer. So if your birthday is on or near July 12th, you're having an eclipse on your birthday. And that's always very significant. 
Hmm. And while eclipses may stir up the pot and stir up activity, it can take you in a new direction that ends up being positive. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. But people tend to be wary of eclipses because you just don't know how they're going to manifest. And then we get a lunar eclipse, a full moon eclipse, on July 27th at four degrees of Aquarius. So the solar eclipse is at the new moon. The lunar eclipse is at the next full moon. So we have this one coming this week, and the next one is the fourth week of July. So another eclipse. And then, not to look too far ahead, there's a third eclipse on August 11th at 18 Leo. So we've got we've got eclipse season coming up this summer, and it's good to be aware and you know kind of take care of yourself a little bit better so you don't have to overreact if the energy gets zooey. <laughs> so does it from from a revelatory perspective where you said eclipses reveal hidden secrets? Does it matter whether it's a solar or lunar eclipse for that? Are they all do they all serve that 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 purpose for us? Oh no, it's not all eclipses. Okay. I'm just picking up on the ones coming up. Okay. Oh, okay. I think it was this one that's coming up. The first eclipse will have the effect of stimulating, you know, revealing hidden things. Okay. So that solar you know, eclipse in, in Cancer yeah. on the 12th and of July. And that conveniently hits Donald Trump's chart. So well, I always like to, to see eclipses hitting him. <laughs> you know, that maybe it'll move him on down the road. Well, you said, you, you know, you also said if you if you put put that phrase you just said and, and the fact of turning a light on, it would be nice, nice if a light got turned on. I saw yeah. a thing today that said if you take the IQ of Donald Trump and match and add it to the IQ of President Obama, you would end up with the IQ of President Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I like that. I like to steal it. <laughs> yeah, don't steal it. Go for it. But uh, but it would be nice if a light got turned on. So. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how long he's going to hang on, but he's got Saturn and Pluto moving into an opposition to his own Venus-Saturn conjunction. So it's the two planets together will oppose him spring of 2019. But I sure hope we don't have to wait that long, but I'm not a very patient person. But yeah. those two will take him down, if nothing else does. Because okay. not just Saturn, but also Pluto hitting his Saturn. So what we've been seeing this last month is transiting Saturn opposing his Mercury. So his judgment isn't as good as usual. (laughs) (laughs) And his thinking is not as good as usual. His ability to communicate is not as good as usual. So Saturn is already causing him problems. But when it moves up to conjunct Pluto in the spring, then uh, they'll both be hitting his Venus-Saturn conjunction. 
So that would be nice. That would be nice. I know he had a big eclipse on him, was it the beginning of the year in February, that I thought would take him down. But it just seems hard to take down wannabe dictators. You know, they don't go easily or willingly. But it took two years to get rid of Nixon. Exactly. I was going to say that. I I just recently rewatched All the President's Men, and Watergate happened before Nixon even had the Republican nomination. And so, it, I know. so and then he got reelected, and then we went through uh, almost two years, you know, or a year and a half uh, of, of revelations that came out. So it, it really took quite an extended period of time. There, there's no reason why. Uh, I, I think we might have been naive in hoping it would go quicker with him. Yeah, I guess that's the word, naive. But there's a podcast called Slow Burn. Have you mm-hmm. heard of that? No, I haven't. Oh, it's it's about Watergate. Oh, okay. And it's like eight, nine episodes that goes in depth on what was going on then and different perspectives. It's really fascinating to listen to. And it is encouraging to give hope, you know, that we don't stay stuck with these kinds of leaders forever. And, and you and know, one other, of the hard... Yeah, go on. Oh, I was going to say another thing that's that's similar during the Nixon thing is also the Republicans were very adamant at supporting him and the administration, and everyone was a liar, and everyone was not telling the truth, and all that type of stuff. That all existed then as well. And until uh-huh. they turned... He really wasn't, he didn't resign. You know, impeachment wasn't really the issue until Republicans started turning against him. So, Well, they only turned when it was revealed there were tapes. Yeah. And once people heard the tapes, his support was gone. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it takes, you know, something that you can physically see, hear, you know, and know. Because he was horrible on those tapes once they started playing the tapes. Oh, yeah. And even even the one where he had that um, blank spot, his secretary accidentally, yeah. you know, yeah. accidentally. I'm sure. The part <laughs> talking about the Watergate burglars. <laughs> Getting a million dollars for them. Yeah. But I'm sure. it's, it's crazy. It is crazy, but it'll it'll all come out. I'm really looking forward to that. And maybe these eclipses, you know, one one after the other after the other will go a long ways in waking people up. I think this childhood detainment has really woken up a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's just so horrible. Another thing going on this summer is so many retrograde planets. Mm. So between June 22nd and July 10th, we've got Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune, and Pluto all retrograde. So that's a lot of retrograde planets. And Mercury will turn retrograde July 26th. So Jupiter will go direct, but um, we still have a lot of planets retrograde. 
And then in August, Uranus will also go retrograde. So that's something to watch, uh, having all those planets um, in their apparent backwards motion. So it's probably not a summer of a lot of forward-moving energy. Mm -hmm. It's more a time of contemplation and reevaluating our plans. Mm -hmm. Um, One writer uh, reminded us, Socrates is credited with the quote, the unexamined life is not worth living. Mm. This is a good summer to mull things over. So when we we get clear on things, um, we're more likely to feel more solid about who we are and where we're going. So uh, it, it seems like that goes also along with what you shared about the the chart of the USA. It, as as individuals, we need to reexamine right. our lives, and then when you couple that with as U.S. citizens, we need to reexamine our country. And all of that is part of that examination. Yes. Yes. And um, the USA chart, actually, um, our our USA Mars is at, oh, 21 Gemini. No, that doesn't have to. So it's the USA's Mercury that's already being hit by that, will be hit by that eclipse which is how we think and process information. Mm. So that could help wake people up and change minds. And Mercury is heavily involved in our our Pluto return as well because Mercury opposes Pluto. So maybe that's why we're such strong-willed and opinionated population. I think we are. Yeah, I, I I believe I shared with you, I know I've shared with, with many folks and have shared, shared on the show, that I started this year with the, exam, the issue of I was going to release from my life those people who required more energy for me to sustain them, but gave very little back, that type of thing. And, uh-huh. and I've been doing that on a little bit of a basis, and a part of it, too, was even releasing people on social media. And then I came to a point um, during May, actually, where I stopped really, <laughs> excuse me, releasing as much as ignoring. Because uh-huh. I realized that, that there are some people who require a lot of, lot of attention if you have to bring them in close. But you could hold some people at a distance and not have to bring them in close, and then they don't require that attention. So it's only if I choose to engage, like on social media, somebody writes something that could set me off, you know, I can just ignore it. And so I've tried to do a little bit more of that, but I think it's part of that, bringing into our lives those things that support us and promote us and move us forward and trying not to engage in the things that don't, but at the same time, not being unconscious about what's going on around us. Right. And I think we all need to be a little bit careful with this retrograde Mars for the next two months because it would be easier to get angry quicker. Hmm. You know, Mars is that anger planet. And in the sign of Aquarius, where it's going to be for the next month and a half, um, that's very political. 
it's very political and can be argumentative. And yeah, is it worth it? You've really got to choose your battles and save your energy for things that are really meaningful, not waste your energy where, you know, you're not going to do a lot of good anyway. Yeah. You're just going to inflame a, a discussion versus... And let, yeah, yeah. I was going to say versus maybe protect or assist somebody, that type of thing. There's maybe I need to engage over here to assist this person, but I don't need to engage over here with this person because that's just an argument. That's all it is. Right, right. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's better not to argue on Facebook. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Um, but also Mars and Aquarius literally means anger towards friends. Okay, good to know. Group. You know, so that Mars station retrograde in Aquarius in- intensifies the potential to have, you know, arguments and mental battles. So, you know, here we are. Here we are, 2018. Yeah. 2018. And the eclipses will really stir things up. And probably we should mention that. Uh, Mercury will station retrograde. We might as well prepare on July 26th will be the next station of Mercury retrograde. So that would be a time to maybe just stop arguing, you know, not even engage. And the other thing that's been going on is, you know, Uranus went into Taurus the last time we talked. That was the big news. Yeah. And every time a planet hits you know, uh, transits into a fixed sign, like Venus is just, uh, Venus transit into Leo on June 14th. So it immediately squares Uranus. Mm. So anytime Mars will go into Leo on June 29th, square Uranus. So Uranus is in a position to square anything that goes into a fixed sign. It might conjunct it, it might square it, it might oppose it, but it sets off Uranus in Taurus. So, um, you know, that's a new energy that's just started a month ago, that um, fixed signs are going to be afflicted by Uranus. So there can be good things that eventually come out of it but the initial um, reaction to sudden and unexpected change, you know, can be challenging, can be difficult. You know, we feel our our survival is threatened by Uranian-type incidents, and sometimes it is. I mean, Uranus and Taurus has brought us, you know, the big island uh, volcanoes and earthquakes and all the stuff that's going on there. And, you know, other, you know, earthquakes in Guatemala and um, other such things. So Uranus and Taurus has just begun. It's just begun whatever it's going to do. And it can be life-threatening if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. But, you know, it's also a good time to stay tuned in to our intuition 
You know, if we, we listen to our minds all the time, we might not feel that gut instinct to say, don't get on that plane or, you know, no, this isn't a good time to go to the big island or, mm. you know, whatever, whatever. But our intuition is our guide and with all these retrograde planets, maybe that'll help us tune in internally to be... Of course, uh, Aquarius is fixed, right? Aquarius is very fixed, yeah. 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 Mars and Aquarius is uh, aspecting that Uranus and Neptune. Uh, Mars and Aquarius is squaring Jupiter, squaring Uranus, opposing Venus. I mean... Mars and Aquarius is uh, kind of besieged or besieging the other planets. Mm. Now, Mars and Venus have finished opposing each other, but they're both going to square Jupiter in the coming weeks, which doesn't have to be a bad thing. In fact, Peter was reading me Venus squared Jupiter this morning. Mm. And he said, well, he always says squares or stairs. <laughs> to help you know, help you climb out of the whatever's going on. But Venus and Jupiter are both considered beneficial planets, so even having the two of them square to each other does not necessarily mean bad things. But um, yeah, it's squaring Jupiter yeah. today, and then Mars stations retrograde tomorrow, and then the Sun opposes Saturn on the full moon Wednesday. I mean, it's quite a week this week. Then on Thursday, Mercury will go into Leo, and it'll square Uranus. So people's minds will be more beaded up, is that a word, sped up and agitated, and people might be more tactless and blunt. The second hmm. half of this week, you know, so keeping keeping your mouth shut will be harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, and speaking of the second half of this week, we want to re- yeah, we want to remind folks that they'll be able to see you Friday evening also at the Monterey Elks Lodge where we'll oh, do the quarterly preview. Yeah, yeah so that'll be. This would be a, a good time for people to come. There's so much going on that, uh, and so much valuable information. It's, it, they, they really need to get it and to hear it. So, uh, Joyce, how, uh, how can folks get in touch with you if they'd like some more personal information about what's going on with them astrologically? Yes, my real talent is one-to-one readings. <laughs> And um, you can reach me by calling me at 831-236-6572. That's 831-236-6572. And I'm happy to do phone consultations in person or Skype. And then um, you can also find me on Facebook at Joyce Muse Pacific Astrology. So sometimes I post there, not all the time, but uh, I try to put something up regularly just to clue people into what's going on and what they can expect. So it's 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 an interesting time. It's an intense time, and we'll get through this like we've gotten through all the other challenging times. Right? <laughs> yes. 
Yes, but like you said, it may not be how we expect to get through it, but we will get through it. Yes, as they say with Uranus, expect the unexpected. So that's what we should expect, the unexpected. Well, thank you, Joy. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Always need to keep our sense of humor. Yep. I was going to say thank you once again for doing this. I really appreciate that you do this uh, every month and we get to hear this and get the guidance and know how to proceed. I think it's uh, quite a gift that you share with us. So I truly appreciate it. Well, so, thank you. And I look forward to the 29th and seeing you at the quarterly preview. Yeah. We shall see you there. Thanks again, Joyce. See you Friday, and then we'll see you again next. We'll hear you again next month. So thank you very much. All the best to you and Peter. Thank you, Solazar. Bye-bye. Bye. So I want to remind everyone that you can connect with Joyce by going to Pacific Astrology on Facebook or link to her site through the guest page of goodvibrationsradio.com. And as she shared, you can call her at 831-236-6572. And as we discussed briefly there, and I want to invite everyone to join us this Friday, June 29th, at the Monterey Elks Lodge, 150 Mar Vista Drive in Monterey, for the quarterly preview. We'll review what to expect for July, August, and September. As mentioned, Joyce will share the astrology, Kirilani will share the vibrational energy and numerology, and I'll share the wisdom of the Tarot. Now, the doors open at 7 p.m. The event will begin at 7.30 p.m., and admission is only $10. And for those who do attend or are unable to attend, recordings will be available for $16.50, so you can get reinforcements of what you heard there by ordering one of the recordings. Or if you're unable to attend, you can get the information by ordering one of the recordings. And I break them up into the opening and then each segment as done by whether it's Joyce's segment and Kira's segment or my segment, as well as the closing. So you can also focus on those areas where you want to focus more or come back to. So for this last week of June, remember where we started. Believe it's possible. Listen and follow your inner Buddha, your divine wisdom, as Joyce said, you know, listening to your intuition and and listening to that and trusting it. And also with some of the guidance Joyce gave us, it's a good time for all of us to keep our mouths shut. And as we close, I want to once again share the anonymous poem from Empower Astrology. In the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears. I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. No matter how hard the world pushes against you, within you, there's something stronger, something better pushing right back. Whatever you give, Do so from your heart. Open to your inner shaman. Practice being non-judgmental. Practice being in balance. Practice holding all experiences as sacred. Do your daily practice of gratitude by saying, thank you for everything. I have no complaints whatsoever. Choose to express from love in all your encounters. I live and practice loving kindness 
in all situations. Accept yourself fully. I accept and love myself unconditionally. Open yourself fully to love using the affirmation, I surrender all to love. Express and heal yourself by doing Ho'oponopono. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. You're not the victim. You have a choice. Thank you for listening to Good Vibrations Radio. We'll talk again Monday, 5 to 6 p.m., when Kirilani will share the vibrational energy in her Go With The Flow segment. And until next week, remember to turn the lead in your life into gold. Many blessings. Namaste. Oh.